Hello, welcome to the Platform Comics Podcast. My name is Tucker. We are in the middle of the 2020 short comic competition, getting close to the end here. And today I'm talking with one of our sponsors, Volt of Midnight. They are a comic book shop here in Detroit, but they actually have a few other shops in Michigan. I live here in Detroit now, and I've been going to that shop, and I saw when COVID happened, they opened up an online store, and I thought it'd be really cool to um, have them as a sponsor and you know give out some free comics and gift cards and things. So no matter where you live, you can get some get some comics from them. And even if you don't win or don't get a prize, uh, I think it's really cool to support local shops. And I spoke with Amanda, who has been working with the company for a while. Uh, she's worked at a few of the different uh, locations. And one of my obvious questions was, how is the shop dealing with the coronavirus and the, sh- the lockdowns and everything? And uh, it was really interesting hearing how the company is not only adapting, but they're actually doing better in some ways. And they've opened up new opportunities and, and getting customers that they didn't have before because of the online store. So it's cool to see people getting creative out of you know, necessity. I did, uh, you know, want to ask her questions from the perspective of people who make comics, because I know a lot of people listening to this are comic creators. And so I asked her about which kind of books she sees selling more, how the demographics are shifting, which genres can use a little love right now, where she sees, you know, some missed opportunities. And uh, I think it's good to hear from somebody who deals with the readers all the time, because when you're making a comic, you're in your room, you have an imaginary audience in your head. But you know, people who work in the shops are seeing those readers every day and hearing what they're interested in and what they're excited about. So, I mean, I would definitely go down to my local shop and and ask those people, you know, what 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 the trends are, what they what they think, because you're making a comic for an audience, and obviously you're not trying to just sell out and make stuff that you don't like, but there has to be a crossover of what you like to produce and what the audience is also hungry for. We also talk about uh, getting your comic into a comic shop, like if you're not published. Um, and Vault of Midnight does, in all of their stores, have you know a small press and DIY section. Um, in my experience, every comic shop has at least like one little shelf where they have that sort of thing. But she mentions they don't just take anybody's comics. Like they, they want it to be of a certain quality and things. So I think that's interesting to hear. If if you're making comics and you do want to get your comic in a shop on a shelf so somebody can physically go buy it, um, you know you have to think from the perspective of the shop as well. Like they don't want something that looks like crap next to you know the stuff they're trying to sell. They want it to look good. They want it to be high quality. So some good advice there for anybody making comics who isn't necessarily being published and distributed across the country. So this is my interview with Amanda from Volt of Midnight. I hope you enjoy. So right before uh, we started doing this, I was like researching and I found a video of you on like a local Detroit news thing. Oh, goodness. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I probably, yeah. I've only been on one or two. Yeah, they were just doing a, a segment on on the comic shop in downtown, and um, the interviewer was asking you like, "Oh, so comic books aren't just for kids?" And it's you're explaining like it's not just superheroes. We have comics for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, how often does that happen in the store where people are coming in who just like don't even know that comic books are this whole art form? Uh, like almost every day, it happens all the time. Uh, we get people in the shop who walk in off the street and they're just like, Oh my God, like I haven't been in a comic shop since I was a kid. Like, wow, there's so much in here. And, uh, they're floored to realize like how big comics 
really are these days. It's grown exponentially in the last 10, 20 years. So. And like, what kind of stuff do you recommend to somebody like that? It really depends. Uh, anytime I'm making a recommendation, it's a very personalized thing. So my first question is always like, what are you interested in? Like, do you love superheroes? Do you love Game of Thrones? Do you love the Watchmen show? Or, you know, are you just into like slice of life um, reality type stuff? And then from there, once I know what people are interested in outside of comics, uh, veering them towards the exact right comic that will get them interested and open their eyes to what the medium holds is like my greatest joy. Do you think you've actually turned anybody who like comes back multiple times after that? Absolutely. My favorite story, and this is from like years ago when I was working in the Ann Arbor shop, so maybe six years ago. There's a guy who came in and he was like, oh, like, I'm just here with my friend. I, I don't read comics. Like, they're not for me. And I was like, well, like, let's let's talk about comics. Uh, what what are you interested in? And I sent him away with a couple of like free comics, like first issues of some stuff that we have. And he came back the next day and was feigning uh, interest in a book for like a younger person in his life. And he like middle of the conversation just says like, actually, you know what, forget that. I just really want to talk about saga with you. <laughs> and it was beautiful. And he kept coming back and I hope that he still reads comics. That's amazing. Yeah. So that, I mean, you're, you've been there, you said six years. So have you been with uh, Vault of Midnight since like they started? No, absolutely not. They opened in 1996. So it's been a minute. I started working at the Ann Arbor shop in tw- 2013 And then I left there and there was about a year between when I left the Ann Arbor shop and when I came back to the Detroit shop, uh, because I had moved way out of Ann Arbor. Um, So it was really great to be able to come back to the Detroit shop. And I've been at the Detroit location since we opened in 2016. And I know you guys have three locations. Is there any plans to open any more? Oh, I think that's definitely like the dream is to have a billion stores down the line one day. I don't think that we have any immediate plans to open anything uh, in the next few years, but I'm sure that Curtis and Steve, the owners, want to keep growing and keep spreading the good word of comics. Well, I'm sure COVID probably put a damper on a lot of people's plans. Yeah, most certainly. So that's definitely something I wanted to ask you about because COVID obviously has affected a lot of small businesses, but Mm -hmm. comic book shops in particular are dealing with a really difficult time. So can you... Can you um, talk about how you guys have been handling it and how it's affected you? Yeah, absolutely. I know in general, this past year, a lot of comic shops have had to close their doors, which is really, uh, really sad and devastating for the industry itself. Um, We have managed to stay open. Um, We have kept all of our staff employed. We actually didn't have any online. um, We had a website, but not necessarily a place that you can buy stuff. Other than Vault of Midnight merchandise, we didn't have an online store. Uh, but we actually had we scrambled and we got one put together within a few months, linking our inventory to the website and all of that stuff. And it's been really, really helpful. But we've been doing curbside sales and we've been doing like over the phone mail order and stuff. And that's been really helpful. All of our stores are open to the public seven days a week at the moment. Um, They all have certain limitations as far as like capacity for people 
And obviously we require everybody to wear a mask in the store. Um, So there's still a lot of stuff preventing us from like getting all the way back to our full capacity. But we've actually seen like growth since last year's sales um, in the last two months, which has been really cool. That's awesome. I mean, it's awesome that you, yeah, you know, were able to keep all your employees and yeah, and, and stay afloat. That you sort of got creative and and you're saying you essentially started the online store because of everything that was going on, or was that already in the works? We started it because of everything that was going on. And and those those comics are coming from your shop so they're essentially from your inventory so it's kind of like you're shopping at the store yeah and there's definitely a lot of stuff that's not on our website uh and if you need very specific recommendations or help finding a gift or something for yourself then our phones and our email also work very well and uh we are all standing by to to make those recommendations i mean that's an interesting concept because a lot of times when you go into comic shops i mean i know every time i do you kind of talk to the people working there and ask them, you know, what's new? Is there anything exciting? Any new issue ones that I should check out? Yeah. And so you're saying you can kind of still do that. It's just a little more digital. Yeah, absolutely. Call us. We love talking to people and helping people find the right thing. And then we can just mail those things directly to you. You don't even have to go through the website if you don't want to. Is the online store just a temporary fix for what's been going on? Or is it something you guys are trying to expand on and do even more? I don't know um, what our plans for like expanding it are, but I think that it's really valuable even if things go back to normal tomorrow. Even if things go back to normal tomorrow, we have a lot of customers who have gotten really acclimated to mail order and that's been really helpful. And I, I don't see that going away um, or lessening. I honestly think it'll continue to grow. So it'll be interesting to see how it grows. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have kind of maybe gotten used to now like ordering more stuff i know we order a lot more stuff online and even we like order instacart for groceries and things like that and you kind of get used to it you're like this is kind of nice yeah um so i would imagine for people who are you know used to going to the store and now they're getting them delivered they're like you know maybe i don't need to go into the store and i don't know um i think there's definitely opportunities for comic shops to uh even reach new audiences and things yeah i totally agree one of the things I was talking with somebody at a at a publishing company and they were saying that because of COVID, like they were even able to go directly because I think Diamond shut everything down. Uh, am I correct that they kind of just like yeah. stopped everything for a minute? Yeah. That they started going direct to the shops and they were like, this is actually a good opportunity because everybody kind of has a love-hate relationship with Diamond. Mm-hmm. So like they were starting to go direct to comic shops. Is that something that you've seen? Yeah. I mean, the biggest one is DC is split from Diamond Comics, which is totally unheard of. Uh, I think Marvel attempted to do it in the 90s and it totally flopped. So it was really surprising to us to see DC just totally take the plunge. And then there are smaller, uh, re- smaller publishers and uh, we have for a long time tried to go around diamonds, <laughs> to be honest with you. And we go through publishers like your classic, like Simon and Schuster and Random House. And we also go like directly to some of the smaller publishers, um, like micro various micro presses and stuff to get all the books that we can. And so you, I'm guessing you think it's a good thing if you can kind of deal directly with the publishers and, and, you know, have a more, I don't know, intimate relationship with the people putting out the books? Yeah, I definitely think that 
it benefits us and the other publishers. So you mentioned uh, DC, and I'm, I'm sure most of the comics you guys sell, like most comic book shops, are uh, Marvel and DC and the big big stories. What have you seen as far as more indie and creator-owned stuff? I mean, not just Image, but even smaller publishers. I mean, do you, do you see that, like people coming in and looking for those stories more and more? Or yeah, that- I, I've seen Image and Boom Studios both grow pretty exponentially in the past five years or so. People often come in looking for stuff that's not superheroes. They have no interest in superheroes and they just want to like experience the comic book medium through other genres, which luckily we have every genre you can think of. And then what about even like smaller stuff? Cause I know some, some comic shops will have like even a, a little DIY section and things like that. Um, do you see more people like, I don't know, interested in those things or, or creators coming in to try to like get you to put their comics on the shelves? Yeah, we actually, all three of our shops have really uh, robust small press and like self-published sections. Uh, And we've gone to like uh, Cake last year. We went there um, reaching out to creators more directly to to get their stuff in our shops Um, and reaching out to them and helping other creators has really become a passion for all three of our stores. Do you guys have a presence at a lot of conventions? Is that important for a comic shop? Uh, we don't have much of a presence at comic conventions, to be honest with you. Uh, it's it's a, so much work and it's such a big effort to table at events like that. But we try to go to them to get an experience with them, to meet and greet people. Like I said, especially the smaller publishers and creators um it's been really beneficial to go to to uh those little conventions and get in touch with those people we actually had pretty cool plans to go to cake this year and go to calf um to try to uh increase our awareness amongst small press creators because we really want to become a place that people who are putting out their own comics and printing their own stuff think of when they're like, hey, like, where can I sell my stuff? Like, oh, let's go to Vault of Midnight because they're awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome to hear. And I, and I know most people listening to this are comic creators because that's kind of what Platform Comics is all about, a, a platform for mm-hmm. up-and-coming creators. Yeah. So, I mean, if you guys seem to be cool about it, but as a comic shop, it's also a business and, like, they can't just put, every, like, you know, anybody's books up. They have to be a little selective. Is, is there... Like if somebody did want to get their book in there, is there anything you would look for? I mean, this is somebody who doesn't have a publishing company or anything or a very small press. Is there something that you running a shop would say, okay, like we can make room for this, but it's got to be of a certain quality or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am all we, so the process that we have at Vault of Midnight is that you would submit a sample of your work, be it a digital sample or a physical sample. Uh, we'll read through it and then let you know if it's something that we'd like to carry in the store. And I'm always on the hunt for stuff that's like has like quality printing. They use quality paper, um, really unique or individual artwork that stands out to me. Really well written stories. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a story. We totally carry zines that just have artwork in them. We're really on the hunt for stuff that we think our customers would really love. I guess is what we're really thinking about. And all three of the stores, all the people who handle the small press stuff 
and self-published stuff have a really good idea of what, what each shop is on the hunt for. Um, and it's all really unique to all three stores. And how did the financials work with that? Like if somebody drops off, you know, if you say, yeah, we like your book, we, we can have it on our shelves and they drop off like 20 copies or something. What did... Yeah. So we would say, oh, like we want to get 20 copies to split amongst all three of our shops um, or something like that. And we pay the whole a wholesale cost. So it's 50% of what the shelf price is. And we just pay that up front. We buy your comics from you and then we sell them on our shelves. Uh, maybe you don't know this, but is that like a standard kind of like industry thing? Like, Yeah, for the most part, it is a standard Every creator that we've talked to has who has sold stuff to comic shops has been really familiar with like the wholesale 50% cost. And that's been really cool. Everyone has been um, really eager to participate in that and, and uh, has been really cool with that agreement. Well, that's cool. And I think uh, maybe one of the most important thing you mentioned for anybody listening is you even went as far as talking about the quality of the paper and things like that of, of the comics. So, mm-hmm. you know, those those things are obviously not to be overlooked, like the professionalism of, you know, not just your story can be kick-ass, but if it's not presented in a way that people can look at it and feel like they're just reading any any comic from any big publisher, you know, it's not just, it shouldn't feel like a, you know, unpublished work. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I've, I think I've noticed it, and maybe I'm just seeing things that aren't there, but I feel like one of the old traditions that's sort of starting to die out a little bit and is just like the single issues and more people going towards trade paperbacks and graphic novels. I know there's a couple of publishers now that are on, only putting out like, you know, the the paperbacks. Um, is this something you see at all? Yeah, I definitely see like single issue series that aren't doing well in particular but that are really good and that that these publishers really believe in so books like lumberjanes there has there was a really cool book called high five flight club and a lot of those books have moved to only putting out graphic novels um but there's still like marvel and dc um a lot of the bigger publishers like there's no end in sight for their single issue comics yeah i mean that make, that makes sense for definitely for like the hardcore long term yeah. fans i i think just a lot of the newer demographic like the idea of just like reading one issue and then having to wait a month and then read another one. It's kind of like a little bit alien, especially now in the age of like binge watching shows and stuff. Yeah. One of the publishers, TKO Studios, I know that they are only putting out, putting out yeah. like, you know, the whole series at once. And it's, I think it's a good marketing tactic for comics in general, because I think a, a lot of people would gravitate more towards that. I totally agree. I really like TKO's business model that they put out all the comics together, like in a box set at the same time. Uh, so people don't have to wait. And that's, I know that I find that personally satisfying. Uh, and we, I think we carry all of their graphic novels. We actually usually go with the graphic novels over the single issues in the Detroit store. So I'm, I'm always trying to think of like people who are making comics and listening to this. So as you, as somebody who sees people who are reading comics and coming in and you see them week to week and seeing what kind of stories they latch on to, mm-hmm. do you think they're the stories that succeed, is it is it just like a trendy thing? Like, okay, everybody's reading Saga now or whatever it is. Or do you, is there a certain kind of story that you've seen like people latch on to that people, you know, that's a, like a little different and you maybe unexpected? Yeah, I think that 
the stories with really unique characters. And I think that character growth and like character driven stories are probably the most popular. Um, right now, like our best selling comic is X-Men because of X of swords and it's very character driven. It's the characters that people know and love and some characters that people have no idea what they are. Um, and then, yeah, you have books like Saga, which three years after um, they decided to take a break, I still get people coming in every day like, hey, is Saga back? Hey, is Saga back? Like, no one's forgetting about these books. Uh, everybody wants to read them and delve deeper into these worlds, which is really cool. Are there different uh, demographic shifts you're seeing in comic readers? You know, the stereotype that it's a bunch of like nerdy white guys. Are you seeing that shift at all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I've seen, I feel like I've been really privileged because Vault of Midnight has been, it's the first comic shop that I ever went into. It's the comic shop that I've gotten to work for. And we've always had really different audiences. Um, yes, we do have our cool middle-aged white guys, um, but we also have teenage black girls and we have trans people and women and people of color. And it's really great to see all of these different people. And I think one of the things that helps our shops allow those people to feel comfortable in a comic shop is that we also hire all of those people. I can't tell you how many times like a very timid young girl who isn't sure of herself seeks me out over any of the guys who are working in the shop. And it's just like, Hey, like, can you help me in a very small voice? Because it's a weird place to be sometimes as a comic shop. And I'm really glad that all of our staff is amazing and ready to help everybody that walks through the doors. And like, if you were writing a comic, I mean, do you write or make comics at all? Not really. Um, I've never been much of a writer, but I did just make my first zine about alligators. <laughs> um, wait, what do you mean a zine about alligators? We hosted a zine workshop on Instagram uh, maybe two months ago. And uh, alligators are my favorite animals. And I pulled a bunch of really cool facts and drew a bunch of pictures of alligators um, being the coolest animals. So that was really fun. Can people uh, read it somewhere? No, I have not yet created a mass produced version. Um, but one day I hope to do that and hopefully carry it in the shop or give it away for free in the shop. But if you were going to write a comic and you kind of seen the different audiences that are, actu are actually there, because, you know, people usually writing comics have like an imaginary audience, you're actually seeing the readers is there a specific like niche or demographic where you're like you know what i would write a story for these kind of people because i think i don't know i see them here and they always have to kind of compromise a little bit on what they're looking for man the way that i want to answer that question is like who i think would the audience that i think definitely deserves more creators and more content um i don't know that i would be the right person to write this but i think that having more trans characters and stories that um surround trans characters and people of color black indigenous people of color um of course would be really cool and having more creators who are bipoc or lgbtq would be really awesome like getting creators in who represent the stories that i think people should be reading is is really key. 
And what about aside from like demographics, just like fan bases or, or certain genres? Do you think that there's kind of like uh, nobody's made a good, I don't know, vampire story lately or whatever it is, a sci-fi story? Or <laughs> is there something like that where you think um, you think there's like a, a niche that people could fill? I don't know. I, I think that the the niche that I would want more stories in personally would be more badass ladies wielding swords uh, because that is my favorite niche of all time. And I definitely don't have enough of that. So if anybody listening makes a badass lady with swords comic and they send it to you. Oh, God, please reach out to me. <laughs> All right, Amanda, you're the first um, comic shop I've interviewed. And it's it's always interesting to get the perspective of somebody sort of not directly in the comic making process, but a very vital part of it as well. So thanks for sharing that perspective. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. My pleasure.